Welcome to The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you've experienced the loss of someone close to you, Dr. Connie and her guests will share guidance, love, and support to help keep you moving. Now, here is Dr. Connie. Welcome to the first podcast in 2024 and the last podcast of our first season of The Widow's Walk, which we launched in February of 2023 on Voice America. Hey, welcome back to our show. I have good news to share. By popular demand with over 18,000 listeners in our first year, we happily renewed our contract with Voice America for a second season of this podcast. So that show is going to air in February. So thank you all for listening in and sharing word of this podcast and, and really just emailing me and sending messages about how much it's impacted your life. And that that warms my heart and it warms the hearts of the women and the men who have been on this show to reach out to everybody out there listening about their journey and what life has been like for the like for them after losing their spouse and in some cases losing their, their child. This is our January show. Happy New Year everybody. But it but it's not so happy when you realize you've, you've lost a loved one. And holidays can be very, very sad, as I know as a widow, because of all the memories of the past of how we spent Christmas together and how we spent New Year. And you realize you're in the new year and your loved one, your husband, is not with you to share that year that you had planned a future. And that person isn't here in this life. So surviving the holidays is really, really tough for widows. We think of our husbands, of our family being together, of so many memories of, of this time. And, and what makes it worse, obviously, is the winter darkness, the cold, the loneliness. So how does a widow, or in some cases, people listening, a widower or someone who has lost a child, how do we survive? How do we recover? How do we grow? How do we live on in the aftermath of losing our loved one? I have in studio today two very special guests who are two amazing women. I think I've known you all for over 10 years, and I connected with you because of the holidays. I was looking to find someone to decorate our home here in Arizona. John and I had this big house, and we wanted somebody to help us decorate the house with the tree and the ornaments, and we had parties there. And we reached out to a friend of ours, Michelle, uh, Michelle Williams, and she recommended both of you because I think you had either decorated uh, her, her home. And every year, I think for the last 10 years, you decorated my home. And, and I think probably the only time we didn't call upon you to decorate it was in 2019, the year John died. And it was quite interesting because early that year, I had told him, it's almost like somehow you know, but you don't know. It was odd. Early January 2019, because he died in July, I said, why don't we hold off our annual Christmas party this year? Because we always do one every year at the house. And instead, because I was celebrating or going to celebrate my 65th birthday the following year, that January, I said, why don't we just have the big party in January rather than do our Christmas thing and we'll just focus all our funding and all that then. And then I said, we also will just spend it in our place in Colorado and we always decorate it our own. He said, that's sweetheart, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. So I think that's the only year we miss that. 
But every year, I always look forward to seeing my two guests this year because you'd make me happy. It means what I would see you in November to set up the ornaments, and then I'd see you in January to take everything down. And so after a while, I started calling you my elves. You know, I have I would tell my assistant, call in the elves. We're going to need to schedule the elves to come in. So you're always associated with happiness and cheer. But I know that the contrasts in life are that where there's cheer, there's also tears. And you two have really had your share of tears, definitely in the year of 2016. Let me first introduce you, and then I'm going to share a little bit more about you with our audience. What our first guest here is Marilyn Blattner. Marilyn was married to her husband, Jerry Blattner, for 56 years. Jerry died suddenly on Marilyn's birthday on March 7, 2016. Jerry had had heart surgery the summer of 2009, and he suffered a cardiac arrest seven years later. In fact, it was in front of Marilyn. And I think she recalls telling me she had done CPR on him then. And so he left behind Marilyn and their two adult children, Julie and Scott. And then sadly, Scott passed away this past May of 2023 of a heart attack at the age of 59. Marilyn also suffered her own cardiac event shortly after her husband, Jerry, died. And when she shared that with me, I realized and I remembered there is something we call in medicine the widowhood effect, which means there is a high risk of dying in the first three months after losing one's spouse. So I always tell the family, just look out for mom or you know dad, you know the person who's lost their spouse, because our rate is higher of dying from sudden death, you know, broken heart. It does exist during the first three months. And, I, and my staff knew that when I had lost John and my, my kids knew that, my friends knew that to look out for me. On average, widows survive about 14 years after their husbands die. And in this case, Marilyn survived. She survived to, to be here today. Hi, Marilyn. Hi. Thanks for being here. We're going to come back to you to talk more. I want to introduce Marilyn's friend and also business partner. You two have been in this amazing business for so many years. Kathy Rogers is an amazing person, also dear, dear friend of Marilyn. Kathy lost her husband, Rod Rogers, on June 8th, 2016. So almost three months between the dates of you becoming widows. He was 67 years old and he died of a heart attack. Kathy and Rod were married 44 years on January 7, 1972. In fact, your anniversary would have been this month. They were high school sweethearts, and they were married shortly after Rod returned from Vietnam. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. How, do, how, did, you, how did you and Marilyn get to meet each other? How did you get together as friends? Actually, her daughter was working at my flower shop. Really? And What's Marilyn, your fr- flower shop? Is it Fred's? Fred's Flowers, yeah. And you own that shop? I did at that time. My daughter owns it now. Who's Fred? Fred is my father. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm a third generation florist. In, in Tempe, Arizona? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have beautiful flowers, guys, if you're listening in. Yeah. They have beautiful flowers. Thank you. And then you met Marilyn through there? Well, yeah. Marilyn started wintering down here, and we needed extra help, so... We brought her on, and so I had her daughter and her working with me for quite a while. How many years would you say? Well, Marilyn's one of the lucky ones. She's a snowbird, so she would help in the winter. Yeah. Um, and then I sold the store. My daughter has it since then reopened the Fred's Flowers, mm-hmm. so she's the fourth generation. 
But um, Marilyn and I freelanced after I sold the store, and that's when we started doing the Christmas decor and a lot of big events together. You spent so, a lot of time together as friends. Yeah. Did your husbands know each other? Mm-hmm. So they yeah. did. They got along. They knew mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. So the first husband to die between the two of yours was Marilyn. Right. Marilyn's husband. Right. And three months almost to the day, mine. So Marilyn, after your husband died, you know, as you make all your phone calls, I mean, he you were home with him and he, he had a cardiac arrest in front of you? Yes, and I try. I called nine one one, but I can't believe how hard it was to get a hold of nine one one when you're in that state of mind. Yeah, seems forever. Finally yeah. got him, and um, <laughs> I do remember this. He said he was sitting in a chair, pull him off the chair, and mm-hmm. and I said, "No, it'll hurt his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got to do it." So yeah, put him I, to the ground. Right, and so I uh, tried to revive him, but when they got there, I knew he was gone. Even before in my heart, I knew yeah. he was gone. And they took him. They took him they away. Took him. Who did you call afterwards? You know, this is strange, and I feel bad about it now. I called my adopted daughter Kelly because I was so worried that when I, if I called my daughter, mm-hmm. she would be so upset because mm-hmm. she was at work to mm-hmm. get into the hospital. Mm-hmm. So then Kelly called her and. And yep. then that's when I felt I was, you know, they took him away. When we started going to the hospital to, with, the, with the policeman, then I started feeling my heart, or, you know, the heart So you had chest pain, on. too. Mm-hmm. So did, did they take you to the hospital right afterwards? Yeah, well, they asked if I needed a ride there, and I said yes in my condition. Well, I mean, you know, uh, just after seeing him pass away. Yes, please do take me. And so. It's very surreal, isn't it? Yes. It's almost like this can't be happening. Yeah. Well, and they, every, they admitted her. They admitted you, too. But then he went to the morgue. Right. Well, and you went they, to, no, they admitted my husband, too. So he was still He was there. still there, but, you know, he just didn't. In the ICU. It. Yeah. So you're in the same hospital, and but he was in the ICU, and you were also in the ICU, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. How did Kathy hear about this? <laughs> Her adopted daughter, Kelly, called me. Yeah. And um, it didn't, it was kind of a funny phone call because I was thinking she was talking about somebody else. And I said, yeah, I heard they were in the hospital. And I said, that's too bad. And then I hung up and I went, wait, did she say Jerry died? And I called her right back because it was Mm -hmm. very surreal. Yes. It is surreal. It's like the worst dream. You keep Mm -hmm. thinking, I hope I wake up from this. It's a horrible dream. But- so, and then they, he didn't survive, and then they cleared you. Everything was okay with you. You, you did have a heart attack. Yes, they took me, rushed me in to um, do the one where they go up the angiogram, the, the yes. angioplasty. And so then, after I got back, they, you know, I couldn't get up and move for a while. But finally, they cleared me that I could go say goodbye to him. Before oh gosh, that was probably so hard. It was so hard, but he went so fast. So. You you both are what we consider suddenly widow. I mean, Kathy, was that similar to when you lost your husband? It was very similar. Um, I'm an early morning person, and I get up and walk and walk my dog. Mm-hmm. And my husband was semi-disabled at that time, um, so I was a caretaker of sorts. And I always made him breakfast in bed before I went to work. And what I, a great wife you are. Well, I took him breakfast yeah. and 
and then I got in the shower, and then I came out, and I I just did my morning thing, and then I went in there to tell him I was leaving, mm-hmm. and he was non-responsive. So oh dear, he ate half his breakfast, <laughs> and it's a funny things go through your head because he he ate eggs and. My concern with those eggs were still in his stomach. Is that a weird thing? Yeah. It's funny what our mind comes to yeah. to do in that moment. Yeah. But yeah. I did the same thing. I had to pull him off the bed. He was 285 pounds. He's a big dude. And yeah. Called 911, pull him off the bed, did CPR. CPR. Oh, God. And they said there was still a faint heartbeat when they took him off. And then my I called my daughter and... She took me to the hospital, and we actually watched them try to revive him, and, mm-hmm. but nothing. So, so you both were suddenly widowed. Mm-hmm. Your husband mm-hmm. just departed. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, because there's oh, mine. <laughs> mine died quickly. Yes, but I never saw a body. Yeah, I never. I couldn't intervene. Right. They say that the soul leaves when it it can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and but. You know, all these memories, <laughs> if you relive it, it's so it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what was the most, the hardest thing in the first three months after you lost your husbands? Well, I I remember feeling really angry. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, I mean, I was sad, but I was really angry. Um, I, I took better care of myself than he did. And mm-hmm. He was doctoring with the VA, mm-hmm. which... I know they're better now, but that was during the rough time here mm-hmm. in the valley with the VA. And he he was so proud to serve that mm-hmm. he wouldn't go to a regular doctor. Yeah, he was a veteran. Yeah. So I think the VA was over-medicating him with things that probably didn't mix. And he was in depression and mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of thing. I... um. I, it took me a while to get over being angry. Yeah. What finally got rid of the anger? Or is it still there? Well, no. Well, some days, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, like, why did you leave me? Yeah. Why did you do this? Right. Yeah. Why didn't you take better care of yourself? Yeah. We always talked about growing old together. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. How about you, Marilyn? What What were the first three months like? What was the hardest well, part? I think I was angry, too, but... Um, you know, I have the lake place, so uh, it was, first of all, I didn't even think about me having a heart attack. That just, I was ready to, you know, take care of what we had to do with Jerry and and kind of move on. And my family had been there for my birthday, so they all turned around except mm. my one brother and come back. And even my uh, extended family in Montana come back. And um, so then I went to the lake, and it was like, how do I take care of this place? Yeah, why did you leave me with all this? You left me with the stuff. That wasn't very nice, you know. And you died on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sort of wonder, what's the symbolism there? You passed on so I can be reborn. Maybe that's, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book I'm writing. You know, our husbands move on, and the and the widowhood journey goes from we as a couple to me. And the me is totally different now because of all the years you spent and how he changed you. And so much of him lives on in you. And the question is, who's me? 
what's my normal now with without them? You know, how do I live on without them? So who got you through that time? I mean, who was who? How how did that work out? I mean, you know, the paperwork, the death certificate, the estate. You know, obviously the funeral, all that, and you know, two of you, you within three months mm-hmm. are at each other's husband's, you know, funerals. Well, sort of, Marilyn. Um, well, we were, but um, my daughter Renee helped me through all that. My oldest daughter Rocky lived in Indiana, and Rod's family was from Indiana, so mm-hmm. we had two funerals, mm-hmm. um, and we buried him. In Indiana, so my I my daughter and my family definitely helped me through all that, and um, I think that part of it was <laughs> one of those things that you don't know that's going to happen. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. You don't plan that. No, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot, and it does. It does really help if you have family. You know, I have relatives and friends who, where's, is there a will? Is there a trust? Do they know anything? What, what, what do you have wanted? Did he want to be buried? I mean, mm-hmm. were you all prepared? Were, were, I mean, do you remember discussing this with your husband at one point? When you die, if you die before me, what would you want done? Do you ever that talk? I kind of, yes, because when we bought the lake place, um, Actually, I had to twist my husband's arm to buy it, but then he fell in love with it. Yeah. And he did say that he never would ever decide or, you know, when I talked about it, where do you want to be buried or mm-hmm. what, he couldn't give me an answer. But then he was, the lake was his place. He, w- so, did you scatter him? Did you bury him out yes, there? Yes. He was cremated and we scattered his ashes and on the place and at our favorite place on the lake. And yeah. You were very smart to had that conversation. Not everybody does. I was with John 11 years. We were married nine. And I do remember the times we were together, we would be flying around somewhere and we were alone. And and we would talk about, you know, what would you like? Actually, what I would tell him is, I would ask him, what would you like people to say about you? What would you like your kids to say about you at your funeral? Because we were going to scatter his dad's ashes uh, in Canada one time, you know, when it was years after his dad died, but he was going up there. And it's, you know, and something that you ponder, what would I have done differently? And I tell people who are married, I said, you know, 72, 74% of married couples, the widow, there's a widow, you know, in other words, among married women, the majority of married women will be widows. It's just the reality, you know, and when you, every year, do you have that talk with your husband? Should you precede me? What happens to the estate? What, you know, do we have an estate? Do we have a trust? What happens to the kids? What happens to the money? What happened, you know? And and then what do you want done with to remember you, your body, you know, your remains, how you want? And we we did talk about wanted cremation where he would be scattered and all those things. But it's a tough decision because almost part of you is in denial that mm-hmm. you can't believe. And after a while, you just forget having that talk. And nobody ever, unless you're dying from some serious illness and you have some feeling, but. You really don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, it truly is surreal. And I just look back at John's experience and my experience with him, and I go, this can't be happening. You know, this is this is not what we plan, right? You plan for everything in your life, and you know somehow you don't want to touch the topic that you may be alone, and there you are alone. And, and I think, you know, the, 
the sadness is you both lost your husbands the same year with a few months apart. So here you are, you work together, you know, you're good friends, and you both lose them at the same time. As friends, how did how did this happen? How, how did this impact what went on in your friendship? Well, we were talking about that a little bit earlier today, and we have... We've, we've been friends for a long time and we have a lot of common things and common goals and we're both very independent women. Yeah, yeah. Um, we both owned businesses mm-hmm. and, and we've had we've had a lot of, of fun times working together and playing together and I go to Montana to see her up there. And, it's your getaway. Yeah. It's your retreat. Oh, it's you beautiful. know what I admire about both of you? You, you are very independent. You know, you're, you're your own person, but you, you didn't quit work. I mean, you kept working. You didn't say, okay, I mean, you weren't dependent on your husbands. I mean, I have widow patients who, believe it or not, have never written a check. And when their husbands stop. Everything goes away. They don't know where the passwords are. They don't know how to function. They they totally, um, and they they don't know what life will be. And I think for both of you, what I find admirable is you just moved up. You you said I'm just gonna. You didn't quit work. Kept working. You kept living. You kept taking care of your family. You know you kept moving on. And I think I think that's the hard part. We're gonna take a quick break and then come back because I wanted you to share the part of moving up. What did you do different? What helped you move on? You know, it's been seven years. What were the last seven years like that allowed you each day making your step in your journey to recover, obviously, because you always grieve. I still cry to this day when I think of him. Certain songs come up. I'll see pictures on my Google photo remembrance. And so he's always there, but other things have my focus now. But, you know, what kept me going was work. I mean, that was my salvation to get up every morning. I got work to do. I got, and the same for you. But we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. So stay tuned on Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie, with Marilyn Blattner, and Kathy Rogers. We'll be back in a few minutes. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The White House Doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to The Widow's Walk. Remember to check out the show page on the Voice America website for more episodes. Now, back to Dr. Connie. Welcome back to our January Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano and Marilyn Blattner and Kathy Rogers, who are, who are sharing the very painful story of losing both their husbands within three months apart in 2016. And... They went through the journey in their own personal way, but I think we're sharing about what got you through the last seven years. How did you get through all that? Well, I, I think because I, I love my work, it is my passion. It did help me through a lot because, I mean, when you, when you love what you do, it's, it's a lot less work, I guess you could say. Um, I feel like I, I've heard you use the term widow in waiting. Mm-hmm. My husband didn't have a terminal illness, but you he, sort of knew he was, was going to happen, not taking care of himself. Yeah. And he was, I knew it was going to happen. And his, most of his family had died fairly young too. So yeah. I feel like I did grieve him over time, over time. Yeah. Um, and I, I think just family and memories mm-hmm. and a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of photos all over the house of him. Mm-hmm. And I think that we still talk about him. He was so close with his grandson, and yeah. Do you do you sense him? Do you ever get moments where you sense he's with oh, you? Yeah. 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 So he he sh- I call those kisses from heaven. Yeah. These sort of send a little sign, you know, yeah. you're here with me. Right. Yes, I do. How about Marilyn? How about you? Well, uh probably faith and family. Uh and then uh that first year my granddaughter was set to get married at the lake that oh, summer. Wow. So that was already in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which Kathy come and helped with. Yeah. But you know, it was just like from one thing to another, and then, like I say, I have a supportive family at the lake and down here, so I'm so blessed, but I don't know how anybody could do it without that. The loneliness is so hard. I have patients who are widows who have no children, and all they have is memories. It's the photographs. It's the pictures and their memories. The most important thing he can leave behind you are just your memories. But, you know, but you kept working. I think I think in a lot of ways you stayed connected with people, with your family, and you just kept working and mm-hmm. you took care of yourself. You know, you didn't let yourself go. You, t- you took care of your health. Mm-hmm. You just, did you ever go through any bereavement counseling or therapy or support groups? Some widows do. I mean, did you ever try that or ever felt wasn't going to? I, I never really felt the need to, no. Um, and I did feel some relief because I was caretaking and 
basically doing everything besides work at home. So I think there was a, a some feeling of relief, which I don't know if that's nice to say or not. But, yeah. but it, in He's a way... He's not suffering. I, yeah. 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 And I think widowers in waiting, and I have several who I've interviewed where their husbands had long-term illness and they were just... They knew eventually, and they and they all they can see is the decline. It was like, dear God, take them out of their misery. This is not mm-hmm. the guy I married, and yeah. he doesn't know what's going on. And yeah. over years of taking care of him, they realized it was almost, almost like, thank you. He's not suffering, mm-hmm. and I don't want to remember him like this. I want to remember him when we were young and happy and vibrant. This is not where we began, and and if you can remember him when you were in love and joyful and he was healthy. Those are the good memories. Mm-hmm. I look at Marilyn too. You know, not only do you lose your husband, you lose your son. What happened there last year? Um, evidently he was having heart problems, but we didn't know it and he didn't have insurance. So therefore he hadn't gone to the doctor. But when I got that call that night, yeah, it was a broken heart again. Yeah. Can't imagine losing your son, it was totally different than losing my husband. And he was how old? 59. Did he have a cardiac arrest as well? Yes. Was his girlfriend with him or you have a partner with him? No, he had worked that day, had a really tough day at work. He did concrete work and come mm. home. And, and Well, somebody drove him home because he was so bad and would not go to the hospital. Mm. And so when his partner come home and she found him. She called me immediately. Mm-hmm. Did you see his body later, or just at the mortuary later? No. No? No. And so to lose your child, you've lost your husband, and then seven years later you lose your son. Is there any way you could compare those? Are they the same? What no. is it? Like I say, I, I really, I think because I knew that Jerry, my husband, had had heart problems, you know, then they said you only have so many years mm-hmm. usually left, mm-hmm. you know. it's They prepared you a little with, bit. Yes, but with Scott, it was just... No warning. No warning. Yeah. I did have, the summer before, I hosted a wedding at the Lake Place, and my son was there most of the summer helping me, and that was the greatest summer. I'm so thankful yeah. I had that time with him. Yeah, you did. You have a wonderful son. So, and he was great help. Everybody loved him, and it was just a great summer. Parents who who have lost their their children tell me it is the it is the most deepest sorrow, separate from losing your spouse, because they're you're not supposed to lose your you're not supposed to bury your children. And I had a show. I think it was my third show, and I interviewed. Uh, Elizabeth Poisson, who's the founder of Parents Helping Parents Heal. And uh, her guest was, my, the other guest was Erica Sterner Clifford, who lost her, her little girl at two. And we talked about how you never plan for losing your child. There's no word to describe. I know you have a widow widower, but there's no word to call a parent who's lost a child. And they said, well, we do have a word, and they're called shining light parents because your child is on the other side, shining light, and saying, it was my time. You know, and they're your, sort of your angel on the other side. You know, so, but then you move on. 
right? You move on with your life and with your family. You, you know, if you were talking to a widow right now who just lost her husband like a month ago, because I know somebody, what would you tell her? Uh, Faith and friends and family for support. Yeah. It's really your faith. You believe that he is there. He's just in another another way. And then your family. And then, you know, it's it's doing that. You ever wonder if you were ever stop crying? You ever get that? When I have a widow friend I, I meet, I, I give them a uh, circular box of Kleenex that you can put in your, your cup holder. Because usually I do my best crying in my car, which is probably not safe. Because... <laughs> Because you're by yourself, yeah. and people probably wonder at a signal light when you're stopped, what, what, what's wrong with that woman? <laughs> right. So you can just release, and if, especially if you hear a song, and you're like, oh, God, there you are. You're coming through again. You're making me cry. But does, does time really heal all wounds? Do you feel that after seven years, it's less painful? I, I feel it's less painful, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And to someone who has recently lost their husband, I, I don't. I know you two remember it, but I remember such a fog mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would not go away, and you didn't really know you were in this fog until mm-hmm. you did these stupid things. I, you know, you normally would be a lot sharper, yeah. than, and I remember that fog having a grip on me for a long time and and I think once that lifted I felt I felt less grief um just being able to think clear and yeah you know the when you lost your husband's did you have insomnia did you have trouble sleeping at night did you what did you feel did you lose weight because sometimes I, I lost about 11 pounds it's a heck of a way to lose weight but I just didn't want to eat anymore and of course, he died, and then COVID happened, and everybody isolated. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to eat. I had trouble sleeping. I mean, I did go to some friends to do some talk therapy bereavement. But I always tell them, get some help. You know, you can't think you're. you're it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. No, you got to ask for help. But you did you change anything in your life did you move out to another house i mean did were there any what changes did you make in your life after losing your husband's i really didn't make too many i think i sold a a rig but advice now that i think about the two uh one i read about in a book that someone had given me was that you need to talk about it talk about it get it out talk about it as much as you can which i found really good advice then I had a real dear older friend who had lost her husband, and she said, Marilyn, it is going to be a new chapter in your life. So, you know, this is like turning a page, and yeah, yeah you have to it's go true. on living. And that was good advice, I thought. She's right. It is a new chapter. Mm-hmm. It's the me. It's like, mm-hmm. so used to we, and now it's like me. He's taken care of. Now I got to take care of me now and what happens. Mm-hmm. Because they tell widows sometimes, don't make any drastic changes in their first year. And uh, I totally violated that. <laughs> I, I, I sold my house. I moved. I mean, it, I just it's how you deal with grief. And I just needed to, action was my solution to grief. I needed to keep doing something. And that's why work, you know, kept me. Maybe it's distraction. But I think 
the blessing of COVID was when everybody isolated, I couldn't travel, couldn't run up to the clinic. I had to stay home. I had to cook my own meals, couldn't go shopping, couldn't meet with my friends. And you really realize he's never coming home again. You know, when I was at my old house, I would think, oh, he's on a business trip. He'll be back in a week. Never coming home. I'll never see you again. And one of the things I, I talk to widow friends is when I weep, what do I say? You know, what did I say? And really what comes out of me is, I miss you. I really miss you. That's really it. I don't think, I don't, never had any anger at him. I just said, I just really miss you. And I hope you're really happy up there. You know, and you need to help us down here because we need a lot of help here in this world. <laughs> but, you know, you realize you can laugh again. It just takes a while. Can you love again? Did, did you ever think after seven years, would you ever date? Would you ever remarry? Did that ever cross your mind? I wouldn't mind having some companionship, um, you know, to go dancing or go <laughs> out to dinner with. Um, but as far as getting married again, yeah, I, I'm not sure that I would ever want to, unless he has a a red sports car. That's right, my <laughs> standards a, are a, pretty high. He's got to have a, a red mil- Corvette and a couple million dollars. <laughs> yeah. I've heard you say that more than I once. I usually say he's got to have a jet, at least <laughs> <Yeah>. a jet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true what widows say. When you look at widowers, of which there are about three million, and widowers, widowers, uh, about three point one million widowers in this country. 65% of them remarry. We have 11.86 million widows in this country, and about 19% of them remarry. And I always ask my widow friends, why, why wouldn't you remarry? And they said, two reasons. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a purse. <laughs> and it's, it's true. It's you true. Know? It is true. Because do you really want to sign up and take care of somebody older again? Because although a lot of widowers usually pick somebody younger, and I was talking to one of my patients today because her husband just turned 80 and she's 74 and, and she's not as healthy as he. And I said, well, if you discuss, you know, what happens? And she goes, well, he's already told me that should I go first, he's going to marry right away because he does not want to be alone when somebody take care of him. I said, are, are you cool with that? Because there are some spouses who give you permission. In fact, John even told me, he said, you, you would need to remarry. And I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, if you want me to remarry, you send me somebody. No, but you're right. It's, it's loneliness. And what I found that my companionship are usually my fellow widow friends and my, my, my girlfriends who are divorced and, and, and alone. And, and then do you, have you found that after losing your husband, you lost from friendships? Like couples, have you lost any of them? I guess I'm blessed because I really haven't, and especially at the lake, they include me in everything that they do. It's very social, and we have such a good time, and they have been so great to me. So you're blessed. I uh, yeah. I I feel like when you get older, it's not as much a threat to um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good marriage. Yeah, because when you have couples who knew, you know, you you and your husband used to go out with so and so couple, and now he's gone. And unless the wife thinks, oh, my gosh, he's trying to take my husband, you think, there is no way I want your husband. Right? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at that. So, as you look at your life, so you, you moved on with work, faith, family, friends. So, how are you different? How, have you, how are you changed now? How are you a different Marilyn? How are you a different Kathy? That 
after seven you are different i believe i mean the you have so much history with them i mean because when i met him when i was 15 just a baby we were yeah we grew up together yeah we were really um very social and had lots of friends and did a lot of traveling and a lot of fun fun trips and we took our kids in a van across the country many times and we um we have lots of history yep. um he knew you better than anybody didn't yeah. he was he your soulmate yeah i'd say so i mean he was a very everybody loved him mm-hmm. he was very likable i I think that I miss him a lot of times when I'm trying to remember things <laughs> from the past. I miss him because he could always remember these things, and I, you know, can't pull him up. Anyway, I I feel like I am different because it's a new future. It's it, that's history, and yeah. and yeah. He, I mean, still be a part of our family forever, but yeah, it's it's different. How have your children adjusted? Um. Quite well. They they were, my oldest daughter, Rocky, lived in Indiana, so she hadn't been around as much. But my youngest daughter, Renee, and her kids were very close with them. And, and they struggle, but, and we all miss them. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Marilyn, with your kids? How did they, how did they all adjust to, to losing dad? Um. It was really tough, especially for my son, because they really didn't, my husband and Scott never really saw eye to eye, so it was really a tough thing for him. Boy, is that, yeah. Yeah. And then my daughter, you know, she she adjusted, but she she missed him terrible and still. And my granddaughter and and my granddaughter, who, I have three great-grandchildren now, and my granddaughter, this Christmas, gave me a picture Mm -hmm. on it was a man sitting in a chair with a halo and three children standing there. Oh, oh my goodness. It was my husband holding the great-grandchildren, and I know that's what what he really would have loved them because he loved his grandchildren. Well, you have to know he does know. (laughs) Yep. You know, I keep saying he's right there with us. He's right there with us. Yeah, and if you truly believe, that's true. You know, and people will say, well, you can't prove that. I said, you know what? It works for me. You know, you might think, and... John would always say, I thought you were a woman of science. Why do you believe that these angels... I said, you know what? If I'm making this up, that I believe that you're here with me and it, it takes care of me and makes me happy, it's not doing me any harm, is it? I'm still a member of society. I'm still productive. I pay taxes. I'm not... A, you know, I believe that he's always with me and I, and I, I talk to him all the time. Talk to him in the car. You know, it's like... And I ask him to help because I always believe in angel power and 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 and... There is a much better life out there. They, they've just done their time here. We're the ones still in the struggle, figure what we want to do, and somehow we got left behind. But you know, so you've really proven. You know, there is life after this. I, I, I just look at my widow. You know, you know, seven years is a long time. Yeah. It's literally, you know, I'm at three. I'm at four and almost four and a half years. And still, there are times it seems like a long, long, long time ago since I last kissed him. And then there are times it seems like yesterday he's there. And I don't dream about him like I used to um, because I'm probably busy with other things. But he's always there. I, I still have his urn. I did scatter him in several places, but I still have his urn. 
and I say good morning and I say good night to him. And I will eventually need to retire that urn. I'll, I was thinking I'd, I'd bring him to Arlington. He can be my placeholder in Arlington when I come join him 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll just have to be on the wait list for that. But any any final words of advice? Because you're senior widows now. You know, you've you've done the journey. I mean, you're never, never done. You know, that's a title you carry. But anything else that you think really, really made a difference to get you through all this journey that you want to share with widows and widowers? And in and, and Marilyn's case, people have lost their kids, their adult kids. What would you tell the people that really have helped you? Well, I think you need to every day tell, you, tell them that you love them and enjoy every minute that you have with them. None of us have a guarantee on life and and then it's taken away so fast. So, And there again, faith. You know, I, I tell wives, because I, when I do their annual exams and I always ask them about their marriages, tell me how they're angry at their husband. I said, you know, why don't you pause a little bit? Because there are days you want to kill your husband. <laughs> Just pause, because you're going to miss him. You're going to miss that jerk, but you're going to miss him. <laughs> and you're going to miss those things that annoyed you because you're part of. So learn to forgive him and learn to be more patient and understanding because you're going to miss those th- things about him. And uh, But Kathy, how about you? W- what are the things that have really made the difference for your movement? Well, we talked a little bit about the life insurance. If you were going to give advice. Mm-hmm. It is definitely important. This happened to me because Rod did all the finances and most of the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And he always told me that he was going to be worth more to me when he died. And yet his insurance policies were accidental. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, no. well, when he took them out, we were in our 20s. So you did not renew? You didn't go back and look at them? Oh, which is my fault. So my advice is don't take it for granted. Yep. Um that that was a yeah, a big thing. Um and just like I said, I think find a patient. Find a patient, keep yourself busy. Yeah. That's and, yours. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's yours. You know, going back to the life insurance, the estate that I I tell I I ask when I do an annual exam of my patients, I go are your affairs in order? Meaning, will will it, it trust insurance? You know, if something happens to you or your husband, something happens to your husband, what happens to your house? What happens to your car? Are you covered? I mean, because one out of 10 widows lives in poverty. You know, you don't want to lose the house, want to be evicted. You just, you got to look out for it. It's not mm-hmm. doing your homework. Yeah. And especially for veterans, they have the um, survivor benefit plan. You have, you know, life insurance, you know, just... Look out. And, but doctors usually, that's the thing I tell physicians, when you counsel your patients during their annual physical, and you look at, you know, lifespan, all their problems, you say, just make sure everything's in order, you know, something happens, because people don't want to go there. Because yeah. somehow if you talk about it, it's going to happen, but it's a, it's a given. Mm-hmm. It will. You just don't know when. But that is so true. It's very sober, you know. But yeah. it just, and and it, it right now, being a widow, I have... I have my trustees are both my sons, and I have in a special file all the passwords, the code. I have my oldest son involved with where the assets are. Something happened. It's taken care of. It doesn't go to probate. They know the yeah. attorney. But 
it's just you don't want to think about it. It takes mm-hmm. something like this mm-hmm. to to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But I think you know your your example of your marriage, your love, and what you did, and that what you did was very very hard, the hardest thing you had ever done. That you you're here, that you've gone through it, and you're in a lot of ways maybe a better you because of, you've gone through that and. And maybe we honor our husbands in the type of person we are as a result. So thanks again, Marilyn, for sharing your love story of your husband and and your courage and, and you know, getting through not only that, but your own personal health issues and then surviving now, you know, grieving your son, Scott. You know, you got to believe they're together. Maybe they're getting along really well right now. Hopefully. <laughs> and then Kathy, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing your advice, and I'm sure the widows out there appreciate it. But also, when I think of both of you, you know, talk about friends. You are bonded, you know, because you, you know you're both widows to, together. And it is a special club that nobody, none of us ever planned to join it, but here we are. So I want to thank all my listeners for listening in to the show today, and we're going to uh, celebrate our first season completion next month on our February show, which will be one year since we started. So thanks again for listening into the Widow's Walk, and we wish you joy and peace every step of the way. So take care and have a great month, and God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. We hope you've gained some peace and maybe even a glimmer of hope as you continue to move forward in your life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful day.